Good morning and welcome and Happy New Year. <laughs> welcome to those of you in the room here at the Golden Valley campus, to those of you that are watching over in the chapel. Welcome to those of you at our Minnetonka campus and everyone else watching online. Uh, we're just so excited to have you here. My name is Greg Stevenson and I have the pleasure of serving as the campus pastor of our Minnetonka campus. And we are just so excited that you are here and uh, we hope that you had a wonderful Christmas. Who had a great Christmas last week? Kids, did you get everything you wanted? Uh, okay, <laughs> maybe next year. Well, today is a special day. Today is New Year's Day, and we get to change out our calendars on our refrigerators, or this is the day that we have to remember when we're filling out new documents. We got to put 2023 instead of 2022. Now, I, I, that's always something I tend to struggle with. It's inevitable the first few weeks of every new year, I'm the one always scribbling out the previous year and having to ask for a new document because I screwed that up with the year. Anyone else have that problem or is that just a... a okay, thank you so much. Well, this is also a day where maybe you and your family sit down and review your last year goals or your last year's resolutions and determine whether or not they were successful and maybe modify or create new ones for 2023. Well, if you don't, this is something that we do in, in my household. And so I, we didn't take a picture last year, but two years ago we did this. We snapped a little photo of that. So that's me, uh, my wife Lisa, and my daughter Haley. Now, I won't tell you whether or not we were successful in that year's goals or endeavors, uh, but it's quite all right. So we did one again last year like we do every year. And this is uh, last year we sat down reviewed last year's goals, and created our new goals for 2023. Now, I know it's good to tell others uh, what your goals and aspirations and resolutions are, because what I'm told, they'll support you and hold you accountable. But this year, I really don't want to be held accountable. Mm -mm. Being held accountable is tough. It really is. Uh, my 11-year-old daughter, Haley, she will tell you straight up, uh, when you don't meet the goal or you're doing something that might deter you from meeting that, uh, you know, you all might give me the Minnesota passive-aggressive approach, which I would lovingly welcome, but at home, I get the look. I mean, parents, you know what I'm talking about. Every kid has one, and you know when you see it, it just pierces your very soul. And so um, there may be a chance come February, I'm going to take that jar, and it's going to disappear, never to be seen again. Well, as we know, New Year's Day is more than just the start of a new uh, calendar year. It holds a lot of symbolic meaning for people. It's the end of one season and the beginning of a new season. It's uh, time to reflect on what was, hoping for what maybe could be. It's a time to reevaluate our attitudes, our behaviors, our mindset, or maybe even just our general approach to life looking at new ways of doing things, new ways of improving ourselves, or just something new in our life. And there are many ways in which we can take advantage of this symbolic new start uh, that you know, we are uh, provided every year. And if you do an online search, you can find many you know, different unique New Year's resolutions, but I'm going to save you the time because I don't want you to pull out your phone right now. So let's check out a few that people are taking on this year. Learn how to speak Wookiee. Okay, it's a Star Wars reference for those that don't know. Never text R-O-F-L unless you are actually rolling on the floor laughing. All right, acronyms, get rid of them, not this year. Start reading instruction manuals. That, us guys, let's be honest. Uh, only eat candy provided by the receptionist at the office. Thank you, Liz Turner. Please keep doing that. <laughs> to eat vegetables without being bribed. Kids, think about this one. All right, 
stop using the telephone while on the toilet. I'm not going to do a poll. Keep on, keep on rolling through. Not waste my money on a gym membership I won't use. Well, there, there's an idea if you need to kind of save some money. Don't give up on my other resolutions. Now, this one is my favorite. A resolution about resolutions. So feel free to grab any of those that you would like. And it's within this context of new opportunities that I want to talk to you about what the start of a new year brings to us from God's perspective. Now, the message today that I have for you is going to build from this foundational point, but with the new year, God will provide us new opportunities to take a next step of faith. New opportunities to take a next step of faith. Yes, we can and we should write down our New Year's resolutions of how I want to lose weight or exercise more or get more organized or read more. But far greater than that, I believe that God is going to give you and that he is going to give me new opportunities to take a next step of faith in him. Now, one of Jesus' most significant parables regarding this, uh, the, the opportunities that God gives us to take a next step is set in the context of his second coming. Now, while Jesus was on earth and going about his ministry, many people were interested in what heaven would be like and what they should be doing at that time in preparation for that time to come. Now, Matthew, uh, the tax collector who became a disciple of Jesus, did a great job recording a number of Jesus' teachings on this very topic as he's speaking to a group of people. Now, Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30, it's a lot to get through, and I'll summarize a little bit of it. But Jesus is speaking a parable, uh, meaning he's telling a story, as he so often does, uh, to try to help people better understand his point. So Jesus speaks to a group, and he says, uh, speaks along the lines of a wealthy master who goes on a trip and distributes three different amounts of gold to three of his servants. One servant is given five bags of gold, which is equivalent to maybe a lifetime's worth of income, quite a lot of money. The second servant gets, a, uh, gets two bags of gold, equivalent to about 30 years of income. And then the third and final servant gets one bag of gold, equivalent to about 15 years of income. Now, after the master leaves, the first two servants take the opportunity while their master is away to go and grow what they were given. But the third servant takes the money and buries it, squandering an opportunity to increase the amount that he was given. Now, the rich master eventually returns, and we hear about how he responded to each of these servants in verses 20 through 23. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with the five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Now, it's important to know that Jesus isn't telling his audience about the benefits of investing money into stock or that God is going to get angry if you happen to, to save money. The meaning of the parable extends far beyond finances. And in fact, the amount of money really is not of any significance because the point of the story hinges on what the three servants did 
or did not do with what he was given. The first two servants who seized the opportunity to grow what their master gave them brought joy to the master, and by doing so, he rewarded his servants. The servants were given an opportunity, and they took the next step. But let's see what, uh, how the master responds to the third servant who may have not done that. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, you would have, I would have received it back with interest. Now, if you continue to read on, you'll find that the servant was severely punished for not taking that next step to grow what his master has given him like the others did. Now, Jesus' Jesus's audience would have recognized that the master as being God showing them that he rewards his people for taking a next step of faith in an effort to grow what was given to them. The first two faithful servants wanted to glorify their master, and in order to do that, they had to take a step. To contrast that, the one who was fearful to risk what was given to him, scared to take that next step, was reprimanded. Through the telling of this story, Jesus is trying to convey to his then audience and to us today that God is a God of next steps, that God is a God of opportunities, that God is a God of growth. In the story, Jesus even says that the master would have rather he take the money and put it in the bank to gather interest while he was away instead of hiding it and squandering that opportunity. Now, if you haven't figured it out yet, we're the servants in the story. And God has given us much and will continue to provide for us, but he will also give us new opportunities to grow in our faith in him. God is a God of new opportunities, and he wants us to seize those opportunities, and he wants, us to, re- and he wants to reward us for taking that risk. Now, often in the church, we talk of God in light of always forgiving us for our sins or forgiving us for the things that we have done in this life. But with that forgiveness comes a new day, a new start, a new year with new opportunities to step into a new light or even into a new path. New opportunities to take a next step in our marriages. New opportunities to take a next step in how we parent our children. New opportunities to take a next step in our relationships with our friends, our family, our coworkers. New opportunities to take a next step in our trust and faith in God. As children of human parents, we move from a state of uh, dependency upon them to independence. But as children of God, we move from a state of independence to dependence in him. And in order to get to that point, he gives us opportunities to be challenged, hoping that as we step into those opportunities, we show our need for his presence in those moments. I mean, it makes perfect sense, right? 
If he wants us to grow in our faith and grow in our relationship with him, then he's going to give us the opportunities to do just that. A Stanford University student wanted to start a Bible study at the Sigma Chi fraternity house. He tried for a year, but nothing came of it. And then God gave him a God-given opportunity, but it was disguised as a hassle. The student said, I was rushing to the campus post office to mail some packages before the morning classes lit out. A man on the free speech platform was pointing out specific sins and the lives of people he never met while claiming to be free from sin himself. God told me to go over and question him. Sorry, I told God. I'm not available to interact with this Yahoo. But after minutes of arguing with God, I caved in and engaged him. Several hundred students gathered as this was happening. As we finished, the Sigma Chi fraternity house president approached me about debating this evangelist that evening. After the debate, several students asked if I would lead a Bible study in their house. During the new Bible studies, I often talked with these young men until one or two in the morning. I'll never forget the godly convictions forged in that study in Ecclesiastes. I don't even remember what was in the packages, and I don't remember who they were to. Slowing down to hear God, I learned, can lead to ministry overlooked when we rush through life. What new opportunities will God give you this year to grow in your faith? Is there someone in your heart that God is nudging you to speak to? Is there a conversation that needs to be made and God may create that opportunity for that conversation to happen? Will God provide an opportunity for you to encourage someone that desperately needs encouragement? Will God give you an opportunity to mend a broken relationship this year? Will God give you an opportunity to say, I'm sorry to someone that you maybe have wronged or said something mean to? Will God give you an opportunity to step away from something or someone that is just toxic to you? Will God provide you an opportunity to use your past experiences to provide wisdom to others. This past week, I had an opportunity to speak with one of my friends at Caribou Coffee. And as they were sipping on a tea and I was downing my white chocolate turtle mocha, it was a small one, it was holiday, don't judge, new year, I'm starting over. We talked about many things, but as the conversation went on, uh, I started to hear about the pain and the guilt and the challenges that my friend was going through. I was hearing things that would normally cause people to conceal what happened and not reveal their actions because of the shame and guilt that would accompany that. And as I was sitting there feeling thankful for the bravery that my friend had to tell me all the deepest, darkest things that were going on in their life, all I kept thinking was, wow, what an opportunity they have. I didn't have a posture of blame or disgust of what they did. But rather, God was telling me in that moment of the opportunities that he could create to help grow that person's faith and to use them to be a positive force in other people's lives that went through or are currently going through that same situation. Maybe this year, God will give you the opportunity to have your situation spoken into by someone else. We so often as Christians, we always think about things that we need to do to help others but maybe we're in a situation where we need to be open to someone else speaking into us. We pretend to think that we don't need help or that we can figure things out for ourselves. 
But what we might not know is that God might create a situation where we have an opportunity to listen to someone else through their situation because they know exactly what we're going through. Yes, it might require a little humility on our part, but maybe this is the year that God gives us an opportunity to listen. What can be perceived as crutches or barriers in life to us, God sees as opportunities for us to trust in him and grow our faith in him. I love what Bob Record said from Total Life Impact Ministries. He said, we are all faced with innumerable opportunities, brilliantly disguised as impossible situations. Now, the disciples in Jesus' time knew this concept very well. At every turn, Jesus gave them opportunities to grow in their trust in him and grow in their faith. They were challenged in many different ways, and with each challenge uh, leading them closer and closer and to the man and woman that God wants them to be and for us to be as well. And at times they may have missed the point or maybe they were confused or maybe they didn't even step into that opportunity. But Jesus continued to give them more chances and more opportunities to take a next step of faith because God is a God of growth. And maybe right now one of our next steps might be to join a Calvary small group There are so many spiritual and relational benefits uh, to meeting others and digging deeper into life with a smaller community in a more intimate setting. Maybe you've been hearing about our community nights, creating an opportunity for you to grow within a Wednesday night community uh, that's going to lead you into a deeper, stronger relationship with Jesus. Whatever God puts in front of you, the question I pose to you this new year is what will you do with these new opportunities to grow your faith in God? What will you do with these new opportunities to grow your faith in God? Though the next step that God wants you to take could be scary and the outcome uncertain, will you take that next step? Though the next step might create a new ripple in your normal routine of life, will you take it? Though the next step might make you feel pain or feel inadequate, will you trust knowing that God is with you through it? Though the next step God wants you to take might change your entire life direction, new career, or even how you see your family or how you see those around you or how you see the world. Will you be like the two servants in the story and step out in faith And seize the opportunity that God has given you? Or will you shy away like the third servant? Like the two servants in Jesus' parable, God wants us to be bold and to be risk takers, trusting Him while stepping into these new opportunities to grow in our faith. And our reward when we see Him will be to the tune of well done, good and faithful servant. Please pray with me. Dear Lord, we thank you for all that you have done in our lives. Every new day is beautiful and an opportunity for us to seize with open arms. Open our eyes each and every day to see how you are with us and how you want to guide us. Give us the confidence to take advantage of every opportunity that you put in front of us to grow in our faith. We pray that you will grant us the grace to know when you want us to act 
And we ask for the wisdom to see when you want to close doors. In this new year, we pray that we are strengthened in our faith and trust and dependence in you through opportunities you lay before us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.